Hello and welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast End of Year Special Part 1 hey. With me, Dan Martin I'm a special effects artist and a podcaster And I'm joined, as ever, by my lovely co-host Sam Ashurst, and I'm a writer, I'm a director And I'm very, very excited to hear what Dan's top 10 of 2021 is Starting with 10 to 5 in this episode and then 5 to 1 in the next episode But before we do that, uh, Dan told me just before we started recording That he has an intriguing system this year for picking his titles So Dan, please, please explain uh, how that system works Okay, so, um, I think... The first or the second year that we did one of these, I decided that I would do it, not algorithmically per se, but sort of like stats-based. And I assigned all the different films, like from my long list, different grades on several different categories. You know, fun, prestige, effects, bombast. I don't remember what they were. I tried to find the file. I can't find it. And I, I was quite pleased with the result, but it didn't really reflect what i felt like i i stuck with it but my 10 my top 10 was slightly out of order that year i think because like i i don't think i'd calculated the value that i put on each of those different categories i was counting each of them as equally valuable so what i've done this year is a preposterously complicated spreadsheet where i have given each film a rating on fun uh what i refer to as sad fun slash ennui (laughs) Um, and then, it, this is where it starts to get complicated, overall fun, which is just fun and sad fun added together divided by two. Just, you know, because <laughs> you know I love a bit of misery, but I can't mark those films down. But also, sometimes I like an uparted, you know, an uplifting film, and I can't mark those films down. So I've, I've calculated the fun and ennui as equally valuable in a film. And I figure that that gives me a, a, a realistic aggregate score of fun. Then my other categories are in in reverse order of importance so overall fun i think is the most important then shocks slash twists slash learning which i've put in one category because like a twist ending can turn a film around for you but like you know documentaries don't have twist endings so i've figured that the important like the equivalent of a documentary is like learning a thing like you know how informative you feel it is i figure that those are the two those two things line up. So shocks, twists, and learning I put in one category. Then after that... Well, I, I'm, um, this is going to score very highly for shocks, twists, and learning, this monologue, Dan. I'm, I'm <laughs> absorbing quite a lot here, but please continue. Uh, then next uh, down the list, we've got beauty slash technical oh. ability. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, how polished the film is. And that doesn't mm. necessarily just mean it's aesthetic, although obviously beauty is a big part of it. Like, the the skill and the adept that has gone into it, even if it's not into, you know, it could be writing, it could be many, many other categories. It doesn't have to just be the aesthetic of the film. Obviously, the aesthetic is 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 an important part of that. That's next. Then you've got earnestness and persistence of vision because, yeah, maybe the film isn't the most beautiful movie in the world. Maybe it's not even the most technically adept film in the world. But if a scrappy bunch of underdogs came together and made it happen and you can tell that they cared about it and that's really, like, come through on the screen, then I figure that's important as well. So that's the next category is earnestness and persistence of vision. <laughs> then mm. After that, it's just punches and explosions. <laughs> Well, How does it rate on punches and explosions? Because I, I rate them as very important in a film. Maybe not as yeah. important as some of the other things. 
But you mm-hmm. know, you and I, Sam, we both like a good explosion, a good punch oh, to the face. Not in real, not IRL, mind no, you. No, no, no. We'd prefer Often, to avoid that if possible. Yeah, not other always things possible, I but love. If possible. Yeah, not always possible, but where possible, <laughs> I like to. I like things in films that I explicitly do not like in real life. <laughs> yes. Punches to the face and learning being the two main <laughs> examples of that. <laughs> Well, it's it's a fabulous system, Dan. Um, I've got two more. I've got two more categories, Sam. I'm oh, sorry. oh I, I do apologise. No, I thought you were uh, ending on an explosion, but no, carry on. No, this no, is, no. This isn't a Michael Bay movie, so please continue. Uh, special effects slash gore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily, again, like I feel like the earnestness, that doesn't necessarily have to be like how polished it is. Mm. It can be how effective it is. Mm. Oh, because yeah. If, you know, they don't have to be that effective, um, they don't have to be that polished to be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I'll specify, you know, when we get through them. And then the last one is how how funny it is. Oh. Uh, and f- funny is very much the sort of the the runt of this litter. I like a funny film, but goddamn, that stuff doesn't always translate. So, that's that's a a, a far seventh category for. Me. Well, so what what I've what I've done is I've given each of them a rating on in each category. And then I've multiplied that rating by the position that that category stacks in my separate table of importance. Mm -hmm. And then I've divided all of those by the number of categories overall, or Mm. or, or rather the, the, the number of positions. So there are seven potential categories, which means that I have divided it by... Uh, 280. Wow. Well, Dan, what I did was I watched films throughout the year. I added them to a letterbox list, best films of 2021. And then yesterday, I looked at that list and made sure that my favourite ones were at the top and my not as favourite ones were closer to the bottom. So that's what I did. Do I need to take you through my system one more time or or have you got it? I think I've got it. <laughs> and I deeply <laughs> wish, deeply, deeply wish you'd have uh, used this system last year because a little more flesh would have uh, been number one going by this system. But um, but it's yeah. fine, you know. Uh, let's see what happens with a little more flesh too. Um, but should we, should we start with the first? Because I, I, I can't wait to hear what's your number 10 after hearing this system so would you like to go first well yes there's one more note (laughs) (laughs) before before i applied all of this (laughs) i i put the films in what i could i just went through the list Mm because i had a long list of about 30 films Mm -hmm. and i did and i went through the list and i gave each film a a rating out of 100 which i called my gut rating oh the gut rating that's what i used for mine actually exclusively this is the thing. So then I then I took the top 10 by gut rating and I just threw the other 20 out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I applied all of this and then I reordered the top 10 by, like, machine learning. <laughs> wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And, but, but So what I'll do is I go through the list is I'll tell you where it ranks and I'm honouring my math system, but I will also tell you where it would have ranked <laughs> if I'd stuck with my gut system. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> incredible right so you'll get like 30 bits of information for every film i apologize i'll try and rush through it quickly dan i'm i'm editing this (laughs) (laughs) well i'll try not to fluff anything so you can just leave it completely virgin yeah merry christmas sam all right 
Okay, well, let's let's hear the first one from you then, please. Number number 10 from me on my list, which would have been number three on my gut rating. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately showing how deeply rubbish this system is. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, is Killer Genesis, Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, it's the only documentary that made it onto my top 10 this year. It's an absolute treat of mm. a film. Uh, I'm going to run you through... <laughs> my lists for it which incidentally i feel that this suffered because i hadn't properly taken into account how documentaries would fare in my number mm-hmm. system i think that's why it got bumped from three to ten absolute gem of a movie do you know what's fascinating about this dan guess what's my number what's three is it woodlands dark and days bewitched correct i i have the box set the whole uh all the haunts be Hours box set which i know you've received i've seen your instagram post mm-hmm. i have it on its way to me and i realized a few days ago that I wasn't going to be able to see it. I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, Kayla and the the people at Severin had organised me a screener link ages ago, but the film's three and a half hours long and I've had a very busy year and I didn't sit down to it. And when I did finally carve out time for it, the link wasn't active anymore. And I was like, fuck, I, I, I really need to see this film. It's such, it's, it's basically a shoo-in for my top ten. Like, you know, it's a shoo-in for my, my top three. It, technically. Um, <laughs> but I left it until like 48 hours before recording the podcast to, to reach out to them and be like, hey guys, the link you sent me doesn't work anymore because I'm garbage. Can I have another one? And they, you know, they weren't in the office. They didn't get back to me. So I didn't know what to do. But it's out on streaming in the States. Um, and so long-term friend of the uh, of the podcast with Jetpacks on Twitter, I, I sent her the money and she bought it on her... Uh, Vimeo because it's VOD on Vimeo in the states, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I just logged into her account and watched it on Vimeo. Oh, perfect! So that's how I saw it. So I've now bought the film twice, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel that that was money well spent. So yeah. there you go. That's a, a testament to it. It's it, for those folks out there who haven't come across this, and I feel like it's one of the titles that's going to be getting a lot of buzz. So it's probably been discussed. It's a an incredibly in depth study of uh, folk horror film. And what that means, both from its origins through the sort of British TV period of it, um, through into the modern stuff. And then it sort of explodes out into the international space and talks about what that means across the world. And it's an absolutely fascinating movie. It's I, I think Sam recommended it a while back when he saw the, the screener of it. Uh, and you said quite rightly that the three and a half hours just, well, not quite three and a half hours, absolutely fly by. It doesn't feel that long. Mm. it's a real treat of a film and and sam and i both you know consider ourselves relatively well versed in the uh in the the obscure and the arcane as far as film goes and i'm i'm sure you know i, I don't know about sam but i'm sure it was the same i was furiously writing down film titles all the way through yeah. so many things I'd, I'd not seen yeah hundreds, and so many lovely faces of, from uh, the industry as well talking if anyone has even a passing interest in folk horror it's it's essential because it is the definitive work on the genre bar none absolutely and and just full of intelligence and passion so um yeah dan put that at number 10 jeez <laughs> it's been a fucking good year man <laughs> yeah let's go on to to my number 10 if you're yeah. is that everything okay good yeah, yeah 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 go at 10 for me is basically what would happen if troma remade terminator 2 uh, Psycho Gorman mixes 80s and 90s sci-fi action cinema with handfuls and handfuls of gloopy practical effects to create a supremely entertaining throwback experience that charmed me from start to finish. Special praise for Nita Josie Hanna's performance as Mimi, which was pitch perfect for the film, in my opinion. And yeah, Psycho Gorman, great characters, 
great jokes. It's the heckin' best, and it's my number 10 of the year. <laughs> um, but before we move on, Dan, let's have a quick listen to some music from this film. So yeah, uh, amazing song. I love movies with songs in them and you may uh, find that there are other movies with songs in them in my top 10 this year. Ooh, ah, Ooh, I wonder but, what that um, means. After teasing that, Dan, what is your number nine? Uh, number nine is a Japanese film, the first of quite a lot of uh, Asian films on my list this year. Um, it's out in the UK on Third Window Blu-ray. Uh, it's also available on regular VOD, sort of Amazon and, and Apple and all that. It's a very lean shot on a phone, minimalist time travel comedy, but its logistical complexities make Primer look like a Roger Hargreaves book. Hmm. Um, it's Junta Yamaguchi's Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Fantastic, yeah. I absolutely um, love this one. I have a Things I've Learnt <laughs> column because i had a shock twist and learning rating and i've written down here that uh, what i learned from this is the thin end of the japanese genre wedge isn't all splatter and crocodile vaginas there's room for real ingenuity as well <laughs> that um is not in my top 10 that's because i kind of had a feeling you would pick it and i was a little bit concerned this year as, as much as you say it's been a great year i'm concerned there's going to be a lot of crossover with our list this year i know at least one more film that I had to put in my top 10 that you will definitely have in your top 10, but we'll we'll get on to that. Um, oh, yeah, I should say that, that that's the... I think that might be the only film that got both the gut ranking and the, and the algorithmic rank at the same level. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's, that is a good, a good placement. So, um, yeah, great stuff. Well, my uh, number nine is one that Dan definitely won't have on his list because I've uh, been a bit of a wild card with a couple of these choices this year. Um, and I'm a, a really big fan of Vanity Projects where the director is also the star and executive producer, sometimes editor, etc. Uh, I myself have made two Vanity Projects in A Little More Flesh and A Little More Flesh 2, though I describe them as anti-Vanity Projects because I come across so badly in both of them. But at number nine on my list is The Citizen Kane of Vanity Projects, Champagne and Bullets, released by Vinegar Syndrome this year. Now, the reason it's a wild card is it's been floating around for years and years, but never in this cut. And this is actually the first official release overall. So it, it totally counts as a 2021 movie. Otherwise known as Get Evan, which is supposed to be Get Even, but there's no space between the words. So it's Get Evan. Google the shimmy slide uh, to see if this one is for you. It's another film with a song in it, but... Um, probably not going to play a clip from it you should just uh, search it out for yourself because i don't actually want to make people switch off this podcast um but yeah <laughs> it is a film that brings me so much joy it's ostensibly about a former cop taking on a satanic cult but it's actually about john dehart and how cool and sexy he is so see it believe it champagne and bullets my number nine of 2021 dan what's number eight from you 
<laughs> I was just going to say, I, uh, I I very much enjoyed Champagne the Bullets, and it didn't for a single second occur to me to think of it as a 2021 film. Well... <laughs> That's how I roll, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like this. The rules, are, the gloves are off. Yeah. It's good. See, the, this is the thing. I've got some films that were like so. Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes was made in was released in Japan in 2020. Yeah, you so got it's not a 2021 film. Yeah, technically, but it was released in the UK in 2021. So I think that's fine. I'm going to have some films on my list that won't be released in this country until 2022, or maybe ever. So, so you they, know, I, yeah. That's... But we're an inter- intercontinental podcast now. Like, your 2021 and my 2021 are different. I mean, we're not even in the same time zone. That's it. I mean, um, Get Even, a.k.a. Champagne and Bullets, a.k.a. Road to Revenge, was released in 1993, and it's in my 2021 list. So, um, yeah, it, all, all bets are yeah, off here. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to fight that. That's a, that's <laughs> yes. a legit choice. It's, Excellent. It's, uh, it's on uh, Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, I believe. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's a it's a treat of a film. If you if you like trash, it's it's trash. Tasty trash. It's tasty yeah, tasty it's trash. Tasty tasty trash. But um, um, let's go a bit more highbrow with your number eight choice, Dan. Not that I know what is, it is, but this is both highbrow and mm. facading as presenting as mainstream. Ooh. How would you feel, Sam, if mm-hmm. I told you mm-hmm. that my number eight film, mm. and it, based on you knowing me and knowing what I like. Mm-hmm was a christmas movie what the fucking shit i would i would feel confused i would feel lost i would feel excited um but mostly confused and lost dan who has taken possession of your body and how do i return the real dan what if i told you it was a christmas movie starring kira knightley i need to take a little break we're just i'm just going to take my headphones off for a moment and then I'll, i'll cut out this this break uh, from the edit <laughs> well that was an hour break um i think i'm ready to hear that love actually has made it into your uh, top 10 of the year <laughs> well this is why i was so happy you were you were lax on the year <laughs> i always i always pooed the idea of love actually because all of the men are toxic <laughs> No, so this is this is a film. It's in cinemas in the UK at the moment. It's also currently available on VOD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Silent Night. Uh, it's directed by Camille Griffin. Mm. It on the surface, it very much looks like uh, a very British, uh, sort of like slightly dry comedy, like family comedy uh, set at Christmas. And I really don't want to spoil it too much. But what I will say is. When I made Jen watch it, she compared it to When the Wind Blows, and you should make your family watch it and ruin Christmas for everybody. Wow. All right. Wow. Uh, anything compared to When the Wind Blows is uh, a class act in my book. So, yeah, I'll definitely track that down. I haven't seen it. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. I, it, I, it totally... Like, I, I was like, what is this shit? Why am I being recommended this? And I read the synopsis, and mm. I would actually say that the synopsis is too much of a spoiler. Like I, you know, I reacted right. like you reacted when I described it to you, like a Christmas movie starring Kerry Knightley. I suggested it to a friend. I said, "But you have to go in blind," and he said, "Given your description, I should probably go in deaf as well." <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not fair because it's very good. <laughs> well, one thing I, learn. one thing I, the only tiny warning I would give you is that mm-hmm. it was made before the pandemic. Okay. And it feels. Maybe like they were saying something about the pandemic. Right. Which they were not. They were not. Okay, well, um, I'll check it out and maybe yeah. it will make my 2022 list. 
Oh, it's a treat. It's it's honestly it's really good. I love a bit of sadness. Awesome. That got that got a really high like on the ennui scale. I'll bet. Oh, that got an eighty-six. Oh wow, wow! And uh, how did it do on the Kira Knightley scale? I, I, you know what? I didn't include a Kira Knightley scale <laughs> what? because I don't have any other Kira Knightley films on the thing. But in oh, learning, in learning, <laughs> I will say that yeah. I wrote. Uh, it turns out that quote unquote lesbian voice is just doing an impression of Joanna Lumley. Oh, well, that's good to know. I'll put that so on my, you go. my learning list Lucy, as well. Lucy Punch, who I very much like as mm-hmm. an actress, mm-hmm. um, does a fantastic impression of Joanna Lumley all the way through the film, which Jen referred to as her lesbian voice. I love it. I love it. I'm going to go into my number eight, which uh, I don't know if you'll have sat down to watch, to be honest, Dan. It is The Sparks Brothers, the Edgar Wright documentary about the eccentric music pioneers. Have you had a chance to catch this one yet? It's very long and it doesn't have have folk horror in it. I I haven't seen it. I like Sparks a lot. Um, Gratuitous Sax and Senseless Violins was one of my first albums. Oh, well, you definitely have to watch it. I knew actually nothing about Sparks going in, and I came out with a new favourite band. Um, They're great. So, yeah, it's double reason to include it in my list. It covers the whole of their very long career in dynamic and imaginative ways. Uh, This definitely deserves uh, an editing Oscar. It's just so beautifully constructed. I also enjoyed Last Night in Soho, but I had to choose one Edgar Wright movie for this list. And the Sparks Brothers just edged it because even though, you know, it's a very long film, it absolutely flies by. And yeah, it's just a, a giddy joy, much like most of their music. And their personalities just really shine through in the film. Yeah, they're fantastic. Absolutely loved that one. So, Sparks Brothers, my number eight. Does it have any... Oh, by the way, Silent Night, (laughs) I forgot to say, was Gut Feeling 5. Oh, yeah. Official rating 8. Right, got it, got it. Um, Does Sparks Brothers have any footage of them on the set of Roller Coaster? It does, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's fully definitive. I think there's literally nothing they leave out, which is a pretty incredible feat. Um, considering how long that career is so um yeah excellent all right what's number seven from you uh according to this algorithmic ranking system well number seven was my gut number two. Oh jesus christ man right mm. cropping absolutely topping the board on beauty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at 90 on beauty wow um it's hotel poseidon oh nice yeah excellent Excellent film. Um, yeah, Hotel Poseidon's an absolute treat. It's been picked up by Arrow. It was uh, directed by Stefan Lanaus. It's a like a wet as fuck dream logic movie set in a slowly flooding, dilapidated hotel, and it's kind of an ensemble, slightly episodic picture about a, a guy traveling through this like crumbling building he's been left in charge of that may or may not represent his own internal psyche Mm. i looked up the director's other works it turns out he directed a tv series with jonas gewertz a friend of mine called monster which is like the belgian garth merengue which is really fun and yeah it's it's just fucking gorgeous i don't know if it's got a physical release planned i think it might be a, a straight to to vod so it's a it's a real like a real recommendation for for those of you who have and in fact for those of you who don't have the uh, the arrows streaming service it's yeah it's absolutely beautiful you you also liked this film a lot i believe so oh yeah no i loved it we um we watched it together in yes. uh, in a lockdown via a a, a, a fancy 
streaming service that allows lots of people to watch things at the same time uh and it was you me and producer mike um, lovely mike yeah who, who sadly left the the production team of this podcast this year he is much missed um not least because he used to edit it and now i do but <laughs> also i just miss <laughs> chatting to mike so if you're listening to this mike we love you we miss you and um yeah absolutely great movie i'll see you in the dog park soon mm, mike and jenny have a new dog oh cool yeah it's called pie Wacket. it's lovely oh. i haven't met it yet have you seen pie Wacket the movie no, I haven't. Mm, I think that was a top. That was in my top ten one year. I believe I loved Pie Wacket. Anyway, we're we're yeah. getting off topic. Now we're talking about <laughs> old top tens. We need to stick to this one. So um, I'm going to try and get through my next movie of the year without crying, especially as there's a running joke in it about exactly that. But Jesus Christ, I found the French Dispatch almost impossibly moving. The title is the name of the magazine that gives it its anthology format. Um, but it feels like it's also alluding to the film's style, which uses everything from Jean Renoir to Jean-Luc Godard as an influence. It's a film about art. It's a film about love. It's a film about passion. And I adored it. I know everyone's like, oh, Wes Anderson's made his movie. Um, but that kind of dismisses the evolution of his thematic interests and and actually the evolution of his style like i think this is a unique film within his canon even though it has you know all, all of his tropes and stuff but imagine developing tropes as a director that's awesome that's what you're supposed to do it's called vision it's called style so yeah the french dispatch i i just adored this film so that's my number seven dan have you seen the french dispatch i have not is it even out in the uk yet i don't think it is is it I think it is, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, I've yeah, I've been uh, I've been slightly scared of cinemas, to be completely honest. Oh yeah, because of um, Omicron. 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 Yes. All yeah. right. Let's let's not let's not bring people down. It's Christmas. It's the it's the list. Let's let's move swiftly into your number six of the year, Dan. Number six, it is. It's another one that was both it, that's the same in the gut ranking and the algorithmic ranking. It's six and six. It's Raging Fire by Benny Chan. Ooh, nice. Um, this is a real treat. Uh, Benny Chan directed a film I got very excited about on the podcast a while back called White Storm. He's a sort of action legend in China. Uh, sadly, this is his last film. He died during post-production on this movie. But it's kind of the it's the bombastic flame-covered epitaph that he deserved yeah it, it's it's a crazy movie cop killing terrorists are going after cops who while certainly positioned as the good guys are not necessarily as squeaky clean as they you know present um maybe like all of these moralities are are a, are a thing of choice rather than um uh rather than social placement and you know, with just a little change in our lives, wouldn't we? Couldn't we all be pulled down the the path of the baddie? It's it's interesting. I don't think it's intended as an all cops are bastards movie, but it definitely plays like one. Mm -hmm. um, also, I don't see a lot of action films where people get repeatedly thrown through stained glass windows because it's a very expensive stunt to do, and they do it a lot in this, and it's great. Excellent. And how did this rank on the explosion scale? It was the explosions that really pulled this to the top. It's a it's a nice 93 on explosions mm -hmm. it's it's i mean it's basically like a sort of chinese heat mm. 
it's 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 definitely borrowing from that structure a little bit. It's got some fucking great, like very like gun nerdy, tooled up, out in public, high caliber weapons. Oh, throw away the shotgun. Now I'm using the semi-auto, like sort of style gunfights. Grenades under cars, using pedestrians as body shields. It's fucking great. Fantastic. And that is a a new recommendation for me. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to the podcast and and that is why they listen to this podcast. So excellent pick. It's on VOD in the States at the moment. Right. Um, And I believe it's got a UK release in 2022. Awesome. Excellent. Well, maybe it will make my 2022 uh, list, even though I am now in the States. This is very confusing. I'm just going to go straight into my number six, which is The Sadness. Now, this is a a horror movie that I saw as part of Fright Fest 2021. And I've mentioned uh, on the pod in the past that I love Richard Lehman's fucked up book One Rainy Night. And this fucked up film is the closest we'll ever get to an adaptation of it. The sadness is brutal, disturbing, but with a pitch black sense of humour that's exactly my vibe. Definitely not for everyone, but definitely for me. Cathartic in a way, clever in a way and cruel in all the ways. Uh, the Sadness is my number six favourite movie of the year. And that ends my contributions to this half of uh, of, of what we're doing. But Dan, <laughs> what is uh, your uh, number six and, and the final instalment in this half of our top ten? No, I've done, I've done my number six. I went first, so we're out. Wow, that went by really quick. That went by faster yeah, went than, fast, than Woodland's Dark. Um, so that's it. That's that's all the final contributions to this half, which I leaves me. I want to talk me... to you about the sadness. Oh, oh, please do. Yeah, I want to talk to you about the sadness. I really enjoyed it, and the only I think like I, it was in my top thirty. Mm-hmm. I don't know quite where it factored. I'm slightly surprised it didn't get into my uh, into my top ten. I think I'm a like we've discussed this before. I'm quite harsh on films I've only just watched. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I only saw it recently. Um, Raven's Banner have it in the UK uh, mm-hmm. and and furnished us with a with a screener of it. Um, and and I'll be completely honest, I didn't get around to watching it before it played at Fright Fest. And then when mm-hmm. Sam picked it as a as a recommendation ahead of Fright Fest, it basically got bumped off my list because I'm so like fucking callous about what I watch. It's like, well, if I can't recommend it on the podcast because Sam's already <laughs> recommended it, then yeah, yeah. why am I gonna? But but I felt there was a good chance I was gonna I was gonna love it, mm-hmm. um, and I really did. It's like the crazies if it was remade by Tom Six. Yeah, it's, I mean that's yeah. very yeah yeah very apt yeah yeah very the, fast the effect, paced yeah, yeah very very fast paced. It, it lulls a little bit in the second act, but it's very fun. Like pretty much universally fun, except mm. for the bits where it's horrible and trying to upset you. Mm-hmm. Um, the the effects aren't always amazing, but they're shot well enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the performances are good enough that that kind of carries it through. And it's a really fun movie for people in the UK or, or in the States who, who are unable to check it out. The director is an animator before he got into live action stuff. Uh, and his his YouTube channel has his animated series on it, including The Great Dina, which is a sort of like female Conan animated series, which is really fun. And people should watch to tide themselves over until they can get into like violent sex best zombie horror let's wrap this up so that we can uh, get into the very exciting top five which will be yeah. delivered to you precious arrowhead in two weeks before we go though we always give out the social media business dan how can people follow you 
Uh, I'm at 13fingerfx uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. And this morning, Edgar Wright liked two of my tweets. Oh, nice. <laughs> so there you go. I'm like a king now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very much so. Maybe you'll work with him in the future. Who knows? I'd love to. Well, I've I've lightly worked with him before because he was a producer on Sightseers. Oh, of course. Yeah. He Excellent. came to set and, and is lovely. Yeah. Very, very lovely. Very, very nice. How about Instagram? Same. Same. Same thing. I mean, not the same. Edgar Wright's never liked anything I've done <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> I'll have to, <laughs> have to email his agents. No, I'm this. I'm at 13 Finger Effects on, on Instagram as well. There we go. Um, and I'm bad at updating everything. So just, you know, follow me because what's the harm in it? And then yeah. when I post some stuff, um, you can you can see that. Perfect. You've <laughs> sold me. I'm I'm gonna start following you again off the back of that. Um, <laughs> I am at Sam Ashurst on Twitter. I am at Sam Ashurst twenty three on Instagram. The number two, the number three. I've been putting up a couple of exciting, a little more flesh things recently because the the bundles are now going out to people who pre ordered and. It's found its way onto Movie Madness's shelf, so it's available for rent in Portland now. Um, but if you're not in Portland, there are still uh, bundles available. So uh, you can find out about that on my Twitter, which is at Sam Ashurst, or you can look at pictures of it on my Instagram at Sam Ashurst 23, number two, number three. I've now realised that I've pushed that twice, so I'm going to just go into our end catchphrase uh and and before I do that, here's a word of advice for everyone listening to this. Never, ever, ever move house in a foreign country the week before Christmas. Um, that is uh, that is my words of wisdom to you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And I promise, wait, we promise. We promise, Sam. We promise, Sam. <laughs> we Not promise. just you. <laughs> Dan also promises. I, I don't promise this. I make no such promise. <laughs> well, then I promise. But anyway, we promise to be more professional next, next time. time. Imagine that. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.